insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights in Entertainment. This is episode 85. It's all fun and games. Mostly. <laughs> I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my powerful and unstoppable co-host, Michelle Whalen. Wow. How you doing today, sweetie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Why are you powerful and unstoppable today? I don't know. Is it because we exercised our right to vote today? That is exactly why. Wow. I'm good like that. You are unstoppable in your political... Uh, ambitions. <laughs> am I running for office or something? And I, I don't know about. No. I am old enough, <laughs> according to the podcast you and, yes, and Maddie our, did, we, we did uh, a earlier presidential today. podcast for yeah. our teens uh, podcast this mm -hmm. week. Yeah. Uh, but no, I did a I did a quick search for five words that best describe Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and they were two of the five that came up. And since I only used two to describe you, we kind of had to. Well, I feel very honored. To to be in, in good company with her. Indeed. So today, we will be talking in our Disney Detective about there being no plans for Disneyland opening still. Disney bloggers are helping out cast members in need, which is a nice feel-good story. And another new Pixar movie coming to Disney+. Plus. Then in our tales from the edge of the galaxy, a new Star Wars pinball machine that I'm always tr already trying to figure out where I'm going to fit. <laughs> and the High Republic will redefine the force. And then for our entertainment news, we'll be looking at the loss of a music legend, uh, Broadway to remain dark, and then some light at the end of the tunnel with New York Comic Con 2020 info. And then, of course, we'll finish up with our insightful picks of the week, which were a couple of really fun ones this week. Yep, they were. So before we get into all that, though, uh, I would invite folks to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, <coughs> our video podcasts are listed as Insights into Things. Our audio is listed as Insights into Entertainment. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and Amazon, and pretty much any place that you get your podcast from. I would also invite folks to reach out to us and give us your feedback. You can email us at comment. Uh, wow. Almost lost that one. <laughs> you did. Uh, <laughs> email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You know, you read these things enough times, you think it would you just would be second nature. They would just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can catch us on Twitter at insights underscore things. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast and on Instagram. And insights into things. Are we ready to get started? Sure. All right, let's do it.
go for Disney Detective. Uh, so still, you know, no no news coming from from California. Um, on Wednesday, uh, the governor of California said that he's in no hurry to reopen Disneyland or any of the other amusement parks in the area. So in the news conference. Uh, He said while there are disagreements about opening California's theme parks, which include Disneyland, Universal Hollywood, um, Knott's Berry Farms, Six Flags Magic Mountain, all of which have been closed since March, uh, state officials are going to let science and data make that determination. He says, I understand the friction, the frustration that many business leaders have. And that they want to move forward to reopen, but we're going to be led by a health first framework and we're going to be stubborn about it, the governor said. That is our commitment. That's our resolve. While we feel there is no hurry in putting out guidelines, we continue to work with the industry. He also added, we don't anticipate the immediate term of any of these larger theme parks opening until we see more stability in terms of data. So obviously Disneyland was hoping to be opening up in July. Obviously that came and went. Nothing happened with that. The only thing that did open up was the downtown Disney shopping area. Um, same thing happened with Knott's Berry Farms. They were able to open up for their food fest, but none of the rides um, have been opened um for you know for that and then no other park has has seen anything obviously we know that all the other disney parks as we've you know been talking about for weeks now they're all open nobody's really had any issues it's just california is the last one and obviously the news came out last week um where disney was going to be laying off twenty eight thousand total employees obviously a good chunk of them you know, probably coming from from California um, and, you know, 67 percent of them being part time employees. And, you know, both parks, you know, uh, do have a lot of part time employees that that work there, too. So, you know, you kind of feel for for everybody, you know, out on, on the West Coast. But, you know, you want everybody to be safe. You don't want to have you know, a surge, obviously, um, you know, the parks that are in, in California are, are, you know, more local parks, you get, you know, more of the locals that come and obviously, they don't feel that their numbers have have gone down enough to warrant, you know, an opening. So, well, and you know, I can't fault the governor for what he's trying to do. He's trying to do things as safely as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't agree with what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And the problem that you have is because this is so unprecedented, there's no way to know. Like everyone guesses at what the impact is going to be long term on this. Nobody really knows. Mm -mm. So it's scary. A lot of people are scared at not only the pandemic itself, but the uncertainty. You know, I was telling you a story just the other day, you know, I was going to grab something at, at lunch and I wound up driving through a, a Home Depot parking lot. And occasionally in the area that, that I work, you'll, right. you'll get one or two, you know, homeless people out there with signs, you know, trying to raise money. And it, and it broke my heart to see a man out there with this cardboard sign that basically said, 
you know, ran into hard times. Please help. I've got three kids. And his wife and kids were right there on the side with him. So it's it's real, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that hit home. Things like this hit home, you know, mm-hmm. the number of people that are out of work. But you have to handle things in a way that would you, nobody wants you to be out of work. Right. Nobody wants you to be homeless. But there's a real threat to public health. There's mm-hmm. there's over 211,000 Americans, and that's just in our country alone, mm-hmm. are dead already from this. Right. So I, I, I can't fault the governor for, for wanting to try to stop that because the numbers are not going in the direction that they right. need to go. Yeah, like theme parks and, and, you know, recreational things are kind of like, the bottom of of what needs to to open back up uh, you know if you had to put you know on on a scale of you know the importance of, of what to open up and and what to bring back obviously you know for for that industry it it's hurting obviously but again you have to think of the the health and safety of of everybody and that's the thing theme parks are potentially a place where this could spread mm-hmm. very easily. Right. Um, fortunately, they haven't seen any major right. outbreaks in Florida so far. Right. So they've been very fortunate with that. But just the nature of the type of business mm-hmm. itself oh, makes yeah. it a danger. Right. And and now, uh, you know, I, I happened to just see something, you know, just a, a little while ago. There were new signage that they were putting up at Walt Disney World saying that if – you are not wearing your mask correctly, they can eject you from the park now. Yeah. That they're not, and you know. And there should be a zero tolerance policy and, because of And there of should the, be. You know, this isn't a joke. This right. isn't a convenience. Right. And the thing is, you're, you know, you're paying to be on private property. Right. So they set the rules. So, you know, no infringement is, is you know, being done to you. You made that conscious effort to go to their park to go on their property you abide by their rules and if you don't abide they have every right to to kick you out yeah so the one you know silver lining that's coming out of this is our next story and that's people that actually are helping out these folks yeah so there is a husband and wife uh who are disney bloggers um who have been offering advice since 2011 about all things disney on their blog called the disneytouristblog.com and when central florida when the central florida couple heard that disney would be laying off thousands of employees they created a virtual fundraising drive for the second harvest food bank of central florida now we've mentioned them before because when the park first closed and they had all this food that was available uh disney world actually donated a good portion of it to uh this food bank um so they uh, so the food bank has now been you know feeding you know so many people in the central florida area who are affected by 
all of, you know, not only the parks, but other tourist industries that have been closed during this. Um, so they had posted, whether you live in Central Florida or not, we are all part of the same community as Walt Disney World fans. Um, they had actually placed a donation um, themselves, and they had said, please help by giving back to those who have made such magic for us over the years. So the food bank has doubled its daily distribution during the pandemic um, from 150,000 to 300,000 meals a day to the heightened um need of the area um so they started the fundraiser you know and they were hoping maybe they'd raise two thousand dollars um within the first 24 hours they had raised twenty five thousand dollars and that the morning when this article actually came out which was a couple of days ago um it was up to thirty seven thousand dollars so by now i'm sure you know it's it's gone beyond that um so each dollar raised can provide four meals uh to families in need um they said that, you know, they haven't even uh, that the, fa- the the husband and wife had actually told CNN because that's where the article uh, came from. They s- asked Second Harvest um, not to earmark the funds specifically for employees in the, the area because they said we didn't want to exclude anybody. So basically anybody in Central Florida, they wanted to help out. They didn't want it to just be for cast members, but yet a good portion of them, you know, people that are are going are, you know, cast members. So they were saying that by um, Sunday, they were going to be at $40,000. They they knew it was going. So I'm sure, again, it's probably gone beyond that. So, you know, very nice to hear, you know, that that people and and I've seen it posted on on Facebook a couple of times, you know, different, you know, Disney fans saying, you know, hey, I'm doing okay. I can, you know, give a hundred bucks or give fifty bucks or give twenty bucks just to to help out, you know, those in need. So yeah, and I, I think that's outstanding, and that mm-hmm. really shows the, the unity of this community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it really it's it's everything. You know, I rail against Disney a lot because I know. Of not everything in Disney is is all roses and sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this isn't Disney that's doing this. This right. is the fans. Mm-hmm. This is the people that have been touched by Disney mm-hmm. in a positive way. Yeah. And are giving back. And I think that that's outstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, it it restores my faith in humanity to yeah. see things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So So tell us about the new Pixar movie that'll be coming out. So um Disney will premiere its next Pixar film, which is called Soul. On Disney Plus this Christmas, instead of releasing it theatric- theatrically, yeah, sure, um, in countries where Disney Plus is available. The film was originally ske- scheduled to be released in theaters in November, but with the coronavirus, obviously, they figure Disney Plus is a safer bet. So Soul is the latest film that Disney has moved from its theatrical slate to Disney Plus. They did that with Artemis Fowl. Uh, Hamilton and Mulan, which debuted as a premiere access title. Um, Soul will not be a premiere title, meaning that it'll be free to everybody who has Disney Plus uh, when it premieres. Uh, the studio recently pushed back Marvel's 
Black Widow to 2021, part of the issue is that so many theaters and key markets like New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco still remain closed, and those that are open are working under heavy restrictions. Um, plus, the studios obviously can't predict consumer behavior. Warner Brothers, which had released uh, Christopher Nolan's movie globally while it performed decently overseas, it hasn't seen, you know... Uh, really good results here in in the U.S. And again, that's because a lot of the theaters um, haven't been opening. So fortunately for Disney, one business that is continuing to grow is Disney+. Plus. The streaming service now has more than 60 million subscribers worldwide, a number that Disney wasn't even expecting to see until approximately 2024. When Disney brought Hamilton to its streaming service, the company saw a number of new signups, and, you know, obviously, with everybody being home, you need some entertainment and something different. So makes sense, um, you know, that, that it's doing uh, well. So the movie, Soul, follows a middle school music teacher named Joe, who is voiced by Jamie Foxx, who finds himself in a metaphysical world where new souls are created. Stuck in this new and strange place... Joe teams up with a, with one soul, who is voiced by Tina Fey, to try and explain why life is so wonderful. So that'll kind of be, you know, fun to look forward to during the, the holiday season. Pixar, you know, always puts out, um, you know, a good show. So something, again, to, to look forward to while being stuck at home during quarantine so we've definitely gotten our money's worth out of our disney our disney plus uh subscription subscription you know for sure so yeah it's nice to see that they're still able to produce mm -hmm. the movies and i guess you know because of the nature of how they're making their movies right you don't have the same restrictions right and that's the thing is you know we know that it takes them so long for movies to to be in production and that in most cases you can still produce the movie under you know the the various circumstances that we're all in right now yeah. so it's also nice to see that disney is leveraging disney plus mm -hmm. i know there are some other streaming services out there who are struggling to produce original content mm -hmm. and the lack of original content is really hurting their subscriber base right yeah. now yeah uh, so disney's very smart a lot of people had concerns about disney relying too heavily on its back catalog mm -hmm. to to keep subscribers but they're doing i think a fantastic job of producing original content that is relevant content mm -hmm. it's entertaining content yeah. and it's stuff that people want to see yeah and the other thing too is that you know obviously maddie and i are big consumers of disney plus that's you know what we usually watch when we do our little you know, uh, movie night, most nights uh, uh, of the week. And we've noticed a lot more movies, you know, coming that haven't been from the beginning, a lot more live action. Um, and a lot of the stuff is, is stuff that we've seen. Some of it we haven't yet. So um, and then again, some original stuff uh, as well. So, you know, it's nice that they didn't have it all in one shot sure, that they're yeah. kind of, you know, giving it to you in, in drips and drabs, which is, which is nice. Um, you know, some documentaries, 
you know, that you and I have even watched. Um, there were a couple that I even watched, you know, with her. So there's, you know, still a whole lot of, you know, stuff that we haven't even scratched the surface on. But again, each month, it seems like a little bit more, you know, is coming. So it's definitely been, you know, uh, you know, and we, I don't think anyone <laughs> expected Disney with their entertainment reputation to oh, uh, yeah. to to fail. I mean, right. everyone kind of knew they were going to do it right. Right, right. But it's nice to see that they're exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was all we had for our Disney detective. Mm-hmm. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our tales from the edge of the galaxy. <laughs> For seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Go for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, and I don't have the the sound. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. wait. Anyway. Wait, no, stop, wait, ready, here you go. Go for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Wow, that was so anti. (laughs) So glad I waited. Uh, So this was a story that popped up on StarWars.com, talking about a new Star Wars pinball game that would be coming out. Um, unfortunately, the article really doesn't talk much about when it's coming. Um, it, it really talks about Zen Studios, which has been making Star Wars pinball machines since 2013. But actually, the company, um, is working with Arcade One Up, who we happen to know very well because of our Star Wars video game, uh, that's right there uh who is made by them uh so it seems that they're teaming up to create a uh digital video uh arcade um let's try this again a digital <laughs> pinball machine so it's actually doesn't never have... criticize my sound effects after that <laughs> <laughs> whatever um <laughs> so Basically, what they're they're doing is making a virtual pinball machine. It's going to be three fourths scale of a regular pinball machine. Um, not much information about this is really on there. It's basically going to be constructed of wood and metal, just under five foot. Um, it'll feature dual speakers, an eight inch LCD animated score screen, adu- adjustable feet. And an impressive recessed 24-inch HD LCD play field. So it's going to be kind of big. Um, 
And that was really all that the the article had. I even tried doing some research to to see if there was more. And it looked like they had actually started talking about this back in January. So I don't know if because of, you know, the pandemic, if production has, you know, slowed down or, you know, kind of ceased. Um it looks really cool in, in the renderings and, and things like that. Um, if you do go to Arcade One Up's website, they actually have a Marvel version of the pinball machine on the site, but no pricing, no dates, no anything. It's basically there's a button that you can click to submit your email to get more information as it becomes available. So our biggest thing is trying to figure out where the heck it's going to go and how difficult it's going to be to put together. <laughs> yes, because I'll be happy to remove the bookcase that's next to the current Star Wars arcade machine. Right. If it'll fit there. I think if it goes there, you're not leaving that corner. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> so possibly. we might have to either rearrange the studio or it goes downstairs in the Star Wars. Well, and, and Lair, to be honest, which, I never was really a pinball person, per se. Right. But this would be kind of Pinball cool. actually requires you to have some level of hand-eye coordination. Right, right. So I was never very good at pinball. But yeah, that would the, be pretty the cool. idea is that, you know, it, it has the side buttons for the, the flippers. The, flippers, um, the, the ball. The ball. The pinball. The pinball. You know, I don't know if you actually have to pull it out versus just... Hitting it to go, because, again, you're not really well, it pulling. it looks like it's just a push button there. Right. To... It might just be, you know, a push button. So if I get really good at this, would I be a pinball Jedi instead of a pinball wizard? Maybe. But it was talking was about, lame. yeah, that was kind of lame. So they were talking about, like, with the screen, like, having an ad at kind of, like, walk across the game board while you're playing, you know, because doing it virtually, you know, you could do so much more, right, right. you know, with the screen. So... Looks cool. And just looking at the art from the picture there, it looks like it will most likely traverse all nine episodes of the yeah. Star Wars saga. I yeah. see Ray on there and the Kylo Ren. Kylo and Ren, Vader. a new version of the Stormtroopers. But mm -hmm. then I see the classic, you know, Skywalker and Emperor. and Right, right. So, you know what? Anything that gets me more Star Wars toys in the house is a good thing. I am not going to complain about that. So probably not going to be here in time for Christmas. No. Or, you know. We'll find a reason to we'll buy it. Absolutely. I, I don't need a reason to buy no, it. No, you don't. Because. <laughs> because it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about the High Republic redefining the force. This scares me, by the way. In, in no. It's not, it's not that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, so obviously the High Republic uh, is the new, you know, uh, books that are, are coming out. Um, so the most basic, you know, definition of the Force was given in the very first Star Wars movie back in 1977, um, where Obi-Wan told Luke Skywalker that the Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us. It penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. So for decades... So it's like duct tape. It's got a dark side, a light side, <laughs> and it binds the galaxy together. 
Wasn't there a meme about that or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, So for decades, every Star Wars film and tie-in that explores the Force has really expanded upon that definition, but it seems the story of the High Republic will explore how different people perceive the Force differently, completely redefining our understanding of the phenomenon. So at uh, one of the panels for New York Comic Con, um, the author of the book explained the traditional definition is actually based on Yoda's perception of the Force, and that other Jedis perceive the Force in different ways and relate to the Force in different ways. So one of the central characters in the novel, um, Light of the Jedi, is Avar Chris, who experiences the Force as music. Um, she calls uh, calls it the Song of the Force. And so for her, all of the different Jedi have their own tones and instruments, and it comes together in the great symphony of, um, you know, and all these beautiful things are that um, she's able to perceive. Uh, so then other characters have, again, different perceptions. There is a Wookiee Padawan who sees the Force as a great forest and himself as one of the leaves on a great tree. So it's kind of interesting that everybody has their own definition of it. Um, so the High Republic novels and, and comics are set 200 years before the events of Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. So the idea is that um, these different perspectives on the Force were maybe lost over time as Yoda became too dominant as the Grand Master who counseled others and the teachers who taught all the Padawans how to understand the Force. So that, you know, maybe it's something where the idea of the Force and the definition of the Force kind of shifted over time. So not necessarily a bad thing, just a different perspective on it. Well, and and it's... It's not really a bad thing. My, my concern is the creative liberties that they're going to give the authors to change what we know now that concerns me. But in the expanded universe, they kind of explored this type of thing because in the later novels, uh, the later Skywalker novels, I think it was the Fate of the Jedi series, he goes on this quest to learn more about the Force. And he goes to different civilizations around the galaxy who are Force-sensitive um, individuals, but they're not Jedi. Mm -hmm. They perceive the Force in different ways, and he learns about the different patterns in the Force and stuff like that. And they kind of touch on that to a certain extent in um, Phantom Menace with Qui-Gon and the Living Force being a perception of the force. So they've always sort of toyed around with this idea that the force means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the idea that what we know of the force is because Yoda was 900 years old and influenced the Jedi and, and the definition of the force for that long. I could see the storyline going that direction. And I could see, you know, prior to his becoming a grandmaster, you know, there were other other perspectives. Um, but to me, what scares me is that you're almost getting political at that point. Mm. So you're going to get different factions, different perceptions, different philosophies. 
and they're going to use that as a way to tell stories with a political twist to it. And after suffering through, you know, <laughs> taxation of trade routes in episode <laughs> one, the last thing yeah. we need to do is inject politics into Star Wars. True. So, but uh, all right, I'm willing to give it a shot. You okay. know what? Any Star Wars is good Star Wars until it's not. There you go. There's so, that positive Star Wars attitude. That's about as positive as I get. <laughs> So that was all we have for our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with entertainment news. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. Tell us about the loss of a legend. So this past Tuesday, we lost a, a music icon. Um, Eddie Van Halen passed away after a, uh, a battle with, with cancer. Uh, he'd actually been, been suffering for, for many years and, you know, was getting better and, and whatnot. And unfortunately, finally passed away uh, at the age of 65. Um, his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli, actually had posted a whole bunch of photos and a, a very touching tribute um, on uh, People magazine, actually, uh, later this, this week. Um, and some of the photos actually date back to when they first met in 1980, which is amazing, you know, <laughs> that it was that long ago uh, when they were they first met um you know and then started dating um and you know they they were together for you know a, a very long time um they actually uh were married uh 20 years before they actually separated in 2001 finally getting divorced in 2007 but had remained very good friends ever since and when she remarried he actually went to the wedding. So they've been on, you know, really good terms since then. Um, she said that, um, you know, she posted 40 years of my life changed forever. The day that I met you, um, you gave me the one true light in my life, our son Wolfgang, uh, through your challenging treatments for lung cancer, you kept your courageous spirit and that impish grin. I'm so grateful Wolfie and I will be able to hold hold you in your last moments i will see you again in our next life my love um they were actually both at his side when he passed along with his current wife um and uh, wolfgang was actually the one that broke the news uh on twitter he 
Ted said, I can't believe I'm having to write this, but my father, Edward Van Halen, lost his long battle, his long and arduous battle with cancer this morning. He was the best father I could uh, ask for. Every moment I've shared with him on and off stage was a gift. My heart is broken and I don't think I'll ever recover recover from this loss, he added. I love you so much, Pop. Um, a source close to Van Halen, uh, told people that the guitarist had a rapid decline in health over the days leading up to his death and that the cancer had actually started to spread to all of his organs. So really, really sad news. And one of the other stories, um, that kind of came out about this, cause obviously, um, you know, if you're familiar with, you know, the group Van Halen, they obviously went through, um, you know, you had, uh, David Lee Roth as the lead singer, then they had some issues and then you had Sammy Hagar and then they had issues and then David came back for a little while and whatnot. And there was an actually an, an article article that came out, uh, where Sammy Hagar was actually talking that he and Eddie had been texting back and forth for a while, um, and, you know, he didn't want to talk about it because he didn't want people to think, oh, they're coming back. There's going to be a reunion tour or anything. And, and they, you know, it was very friendly. They had worked out, you know, their differences. And he said about a month ago, he stopped hearing from him. Sammy had stopped hearing. And so he kind of knew something was up. And then obviously, you know, the news came out. So he was obviously, you know, along with, you know, so many other people just devastated, you know, that that he was gone. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. I mean, cancer is, you know, I lost my father to, to lung cancer when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it kind of hits home you mm-hmm. know, when you see other people suffering from it. Uh, but he was an absolute legend, mm-hmm. and this is why we put memorials at the end of the show, not at the beginning of a right. segment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we went out of order here. Yeah, well. <laughs> so tell us about some more bad news about Broadway. So, you know, at first, when Broadway had shut down with everything, it had looked like they were hoping to to open, you know, a couple months later. And then obviously, as things went on, it was looking like January might be uh, they're opening, but now it looks like Broadway is to remain closed until at least May, possibly June of 2021. Uh, so, you know, the they came out and made a, a statement saying we literally cannot reopen unless there is a confident unless there is confidence in the safety of the cast and crew and theater goers. Uh, so we don't really know when we will when that will be. And that is part of the challenge that we're facing. Um, the Metropolitan Opera announced that they would be closed until fall of 2021. So everybody's kind of on that same, you know, bandwagon of, you know, just not knowing when, you know, to to open. Um, so when Broadway closed in March, there were 31 shows that were running, including eight that were in previews. An additional eight shows were scheduled to begin performances, so now nobody knows how many shows will actually return. Um, we do know that Frozen will not be returning. I think there was one other show that had made an announcement months ago saying that they weren't going to be coming back. I'm, I'm not really sure, um, you know, because at this point, 
there's just no, you know, light at the end of the horizon, really. Um, You know, many industry insiders say that they don't expect Broadway to return until there's a vaccine and that it's been safely distributed. Um, You know, maybe it's something that they'll start, you know, slow, maybe just opening up a few shows, maybe with limited amount of people, you know, they, they really, they just don't know, um, you know, what to do. It's hard. That's the thing with, with theaters and Mm -hmm. with movies, you know, it's probably the worst conditions for this type of thing. Right. You're, you're in a confined space. You're in recirculating air. You're next to people. It's hard mm-hmm. to space that, that out. Right. And, and really, I mean, I go back to, uh, the movie Outbreak. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a famous scene in the, in the movie Outbreak where there's a sneeze. You know, right. You're dealing with Ebola there. So it's a different disease altogether. Right. But it's, right. it's aerosol. And the special effects guys really hit home when they show you these water droplets come out of someone's face and mm-hmm. how they travel around. Now, granted, that was all special effects, but that's literally right. how these theaters work. And no matter what you do, and and the same thing goes for airplanes mm-hmm. or taxi cabs mm-hmm. or or anything. Yeah, it's almost impossible to sanitize that stuff, these locations, effectively when you have something that's this virulent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hits hard on shows like you know things like Broadway plays. Mm-hmm. And, Movies, there was a thing where Cinemark is not going to be reopening right. its theaters across the country mm-hmm. for several months. It's it's devastating stuff. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I, I really wish that we had an alternative. I wish there was a way that we could have more shows like Hamilton. Right. Where you could do something or you had done something to do a recording, a production right. of the show. Right. And then at least show that to people at home mm-hmm. and, and continue to bring revenue in. Right. Because and, and that's what PBS, you know, was doing over the summer. We we talked about that. They were bringing various shows, um, you know, uh, available for a week at a time or, or something. I could totally see them, you know, going and, and, and that's the thing is how much money would it cost to, to get your cast and your crew together to to film something because we know with Hamilton they did it over or even so many if days. You do that live and broadcast True. it on a schedule. Absolutely, uh, and that's what I was going to say. Do it, you know, in a way where it's you can a pay per view. Right, you can safely keep mm-hmm. your crew together. Right, we've we've seen that. I mean, mm-hmm. what Disney did with the NBA proved right that you can safely quarantine mm-hmm. people in large groups and right. not have this problem. Yeah. If you could do that in such a way to keep your cast and crew together, mm-hmm. let them go on stage on a regular schedule and then right. broadcast that. Even if you're broadcasting it over the internet, the problem is that there's so many Broadway shows where it doesn't translate well into right. that. Right. Plus, so many Broadway shows, it's not a Broadway show if you don't have an audience. True. And True. it makes it very difficult, I have to imagine, for the actors, but certainly oh, I'm for the sure. ambiance of the show. I'm sure. But you know what? It would at least be something, you know, and, and it was something that uh, a friend of mine on, on Facebook had had posted, you know, talking about how, OK, it's great that all of these sports teams are able to get back to, quote unquote, normal. You know, obviously you can't go and watch the live sporting event, but you're able to go and at least 
you know, watch it on your television. How come we haven't been able to do something for the arts? Um, you know, we know that there have been a couple of concerts that they've been doing and a couple of comedy shows that they've been doing where, um, you know, if you go and you watch it, you're in your car and you stay in your car. Um, you know, so we kind of need to see more of, of that kind of stuff or, you know, do it online where people, you know, pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks to be able to watch, you know, a Broadway show. I know a couple of weeks back, uh, you know, we were talking because NBC, I think, was going to be doing some sort of Broadway special uh, to kind of help, uh, you know, the the Broadway stars out. Um, but so many of the Broadway stars haven't performed in so many months. So the idea that they'd even be up to performing was going to take them a while and some might not even fit in some of their costumes because they've been home. Um, you know, so you figure, Hey, if you get started now, Hey, let's try within, you know, two months to put something on where we can broadcast it. Let's start now. Let's start doing rehearsals. Let's start quarantining everybody in a little bubble and, and, you know, get things going. Cause you know, there are, TV productions that are, are starting that have started back up, um, you know, for various network shows and, and things um, and certain movies are, are, are going back. So why not the Broadway show just doing it differently to perform, you know, for mm. others? So, well, give us some good news from <laughs> New York Comic Con because we need to we need to. Get back on track here. So New York Comic Con, as we've been talking about, has gone digital for this year. Um, so it's, you know, very different, obviously, over previous years. But it still, you know, has a lot with film, TV, comic book news. Um, and obviously, this year has been very difficult for the entertainment industry, you know, on a whole. Um, so obviously, they've had, you know, some mix success with doing things virtually. Uh, so uh, DC fandom, uh, you know, kind of did pretty well. But then San Diego Comic Con was kind of a disappointment there. You know, we were kind of really looking forward to it, being that we've never been able to go to Comic Con uh, or uh, San Diego. And there were really only, you know, it wasn't horrible. There were a couple um panels that we did watch and you know overall it, it was okay um but it seems that new york is kind of gonna blow it away it seems like they have a lot more content um you know for for all the different areas um between movies television gaming um you know and and you know, just a lot more panels out there. Um, so you can actually watch all of the panels on their YouTube channel at youtube.com uh, backslash NYCC. Um, the schedule actually runs from November 8th to the 11th. So we're in day three of it right now. But what's nice is that all of the panels are being archived so that you can watch them at your leisure. So, um, you know, they'll be up for a while so you can go back and, and catch, um, uh, you know, ones that you've missed. Cause I know we haven't actually sat down to, to watch any of them, but obviously the, the star Wars one had happened with the high, uh, Republic. There was one about the expanse. There was a doctor who one, 
Um, so there was a Walking Dead one that was uh, two days worth. Uh, so obviously we have a lot to, to watch uh, tomorrow. Uh, what's neat is if you go to um, the website um, that was actually ScreenRant.com New York Comic Con uh, 2020, they had a really good guide uh, set up. So they had um, one that was set up for all the different movie panels. Um, they actually had one that was DC comic book movies and television shows. Uh, they had a Marvel uh, set up uh, sci-fi and fantasy TV, horror TV, comic books, and even uh, tabletop and video games. So they had a nice, uh, you know, setup for for everything. So we haven't, like I said, we haven't had a chance to really go through and watch any. But I think there's, we're going to be sitting for a couple of hours um, going through. And I think there was even, excuse me, merchandise that you could you know, purchase as well. I think one of the things I saw, I think it was only like $8, but it was like a badge um, because they were taught, uh, New York Comic Con was being called the Metaverse. Um, so it had like a little badge of, you know, that I went to Metaverse or, or something. So kind of cool. Well, we'll be back in just a minute with uh, our insightful picks of the week. Joe, for your insightful pick of the week. So my insightful pick of the week happens to be a board game that somebody got me for our pre-anniversary, because our anniversary go. hasn't happened yet. Um, and this was actually something that we talked about a couple months ago when we found out that this was going to be coming out. I was obviously very excited about it. And now it's here. And it's the Haunted Mansion Call of the Spirits game by Funko Games. Um, really cute game. It was a little confusing um, because it, it's a little complex when, when you first start out because there's all these different moving parts really um with it but what was really cool was the directions you know they're long but they're very precise they give you examples at the end of things and the other thing that was cool was they actually had a uh youtube video that you could go to that they kind of walk you through the game as well so that that kind of helped because you know it's one of those things where you know you read the directions on a game and you're like huh Let's just start playing and try and, and figure it out. Um, it's uh, for two to six players. Um, and depending on how many players of the game kind of determines the, the length of the game. It, I guess it was about a half an hour that it took us to play. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Clue, a little bit of Monopoly, kind of, you know, put in together. The artwork is beautiful. You know, our daughter even, you know, commented on, you know, how spectacular the, the artwork was. Um, you have 99 ghost cards. So that was really cool to see, you know, the, the artwork of the ghosts. And the idea is that you're kind of moving around the haunted mansion, trying to collect as many ghosts as you can until the final round of the game happens. And then at the end, depending on how haunted you got, um, determines how many of the ghosts you get to keep. And then if you get to keep all your ghosts, whoever has the highest goat, ghost count wins. Um, one of the things that we didn't even do was the, the duels to try and get, <clears throat> you know, different cards from, from different people. We left that part out. 
And we still had, you know, a really good time. And Madison ended up winning the game, <laughs> you know, the first first time out. So I think it's definitely something, um, you know, that we'll definitely play again. And again, you know, half hour game. So it wasn't like a monopoly of, you know, five day long marathon. You know, so I think we'll get better, you know, with it as, as we go along. So good pick. Thank you. So my pick, uh, as promised last week, is Star Wars Squadrons. Not a documentary, <laughs> although I probably could do a documentary. I was going to say, why don't we film film you playing it and do it? Um, so Star Wars Squadrons is a game that came out recently. I have it on both PC and on uh, console. Uh, it's from EA Games, and uh, they say, buckle up. Feel the adrenaline of first-person multiplayer dogfights alongside your squadron and take off in a thrilling Star Wars story. Pilots will triumph as a team across known and never-before-seen battlefields, including the gas giant of Yavin Prime and the shattered moon of Galatan. Take full control of different starfighter classes from both the New Republic and Imperial fleets such as the X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Compete with intensi- in intensive 5v5 dogfights. Unite with your squadron to tip the scales in monumental battles and experience a unique Star Wars story. So, total disclaimer, I ran into problems, technical problems, on the PC with the story. Right. Uh, I couldn't get past Chapter 2. I haven't really gone th- back and tried that. I'll probably play through the story on the the console because it seems to be working fine there but i have been so impressed with the the player versus player aspect of the game playing ranked uh starfighter battles the the graphics the imagery the physics the overall gameplay itself it's just it's totally immersive the level of realism involved in the game, the controls themselves. I'm, I happen to be using a, a uh, Xbox One controller on the PC to play, and I, I play primarily on the PC right now uh, just because I have three uh, gaming monitors that I can mm-hmm. play it on. So it's a, it's a very different experience than playing it on a 65-inch TV. But very happy with it. I was a huge fan years ago of the X-Wing series and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. You have the concept of ranking up. You have the concept of earning currency in-game. And that currency allows you to buy equipment for your starfighters. You have four starfighter classes on each side. And you can uh, buy new equipment for them. And it's not a pay-to-win type situation. A lot of people criticize some previous EA games with Battlefront and stuff like that where there was a pay-to-win aspect, everything that you buy for your starfighters appears to have positives and negatives. So you can't be super powerful, but it really caters to different play styles. Um, You might want to be more offensive, you might want to be more defensive, but everything that you stick on your ship has some negative effect somewhere so you're not overly powerful. You also have the ability to earn um, valor, which allows you to spend those points to customize your ship, you can make it look different. 
you can um one of the things that's really funny is you can get dashboard art you know, okay. You can get a little Ewok that you can stick Aww. on your dashboard in your fighter. You can get dice that you can hang from the window. Nice. So it, there's all these really <laughs> cool little customizations to make it look like yours. And you can do the same thing with your pilot and change your uniforms and and your helmets and, and everything else. So it's it's a very well-made game. It's very well-rounded. Uh, plays fast. Uh, the the Star, Starfleet battles themselves are... Uh, vibrant. I mean, it's just, it's incredible the level of detail that you have. It, 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 lo- it looks like you're watching a movie. It's, it's that realistic. And so far, the gaming community that I've been playing with has, has been very good. Okay. Um, that's always, that's always a concern, but very happy with it. I still have to play through the storyline. Uh, but I highly recommend it's $39. So it's, it's, inexpensive as far as games go uh for pc or console so it's definitely worth worth a look that's star wars squadrons by ea games and we'll be back so uh i think that was all we had did we have any afterthoughts for today no i don't think so no afterthoughts so we're not thinking all that much today okay (laughs) It's been a long day. I'm okay with that. Uh, Before we do go, I do want to nag everyone again to check out our long-form articles on Medium at medium.com slash insights into things. You can also catch our podcasts, uh, our video podcasts, you can find as insights into things. Our audio podcasts, you can find as insights into entertainment. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Amazon. Uh, we also encourage you to reach out to us, give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. On Twitter at insights underscore things. We stream six days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insightsintothings. On Facebook at facebook.com backslash podcast. We are on Instagram at insightsintothings. Uh, the audio versions of all of our podcasts are at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. And high-res versions of our videos are available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash insightsintothings. And links to everything and anything for all of our different podcasts are located on insightsintothings.com. Uh, also worth noting, our website does have the full show notes. Uh, there are times that we don't get to everything in the show, and there's a additional information in our show notes, as well as transcripts of the show. And I think that's it. Another one in the books. Yep. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.